Hello friends, welcome to another episode of my show, The Random Thoughts, where we try to enjoy the company of our own thoughts. Uh, as I've promised that I'll be getting more guests in the show, uh, I have got another guest today. Uh, his Jeffrey, he has his own YouTube channel, he's a fellow content creator. He really has some good, uh, you know, content. He really makes and produces some good stuff. He's one of the most, you know, positive persons I've ever met. He's always smiling open uh, for any kind of conversation is really a very uh, chilled out person and a, you know a great person to talk to so hi jeffrey hi welcome to the show anirad thanks for having me really appreciate it yeah so yeah uh, before we go ahead uh, and reveal the topic we are going to talk about today is there anything you want to share with the audience or give a brief introduction of yourself to my listeners and Sure. Well, well, I'm Jeffrey. I'm from Melbourne in Australia. And uh, during the day, I work as a hearing healthcare professional. Uh, outside of work, though, I've got my own YouTube channel, which I'm really passionate about, really love creating content and uh, just giving some value to, to people, which is really one of the main reasons why I started my YouTube channel. And, um, and at this stage in my life, I am trying to, as much as I can, grow as much as possible in different areas and really to self-discover who I am. And uh, it's been a really enjoyable process so far. Uh, for those of you who are new to Jeffrey's work, uh, he does make some good videos and does have some great content about human uh, behavior and personality development. Uh, I would totally recommend for you to check out his videos. I'll drop the link of his uh, channel in the, on the episode notes so that you can catch with his work once we are done with this session. Okay, Jeffrey, uh, let's reveal what we are going to talk about. There are so many people with whom we can talk about, um, you know, personality development and self-growth, but Jeffrey would be a right person because he'll try to give a more balanced opinion and have a neutral approach to this instead of you know having some ridiculous uh, out of the box ambitious hacks he really has some simple help things we can implement in our life and improve ourselves every day so the topic we are going to talk about today is how to be a better version of ourselves so jeffrey there's one thing i want you to i want to start uh, is where do you get the motivation from? Uh, how did it all start? Are you someone who is into personality development since you were young or this is something that stepped in after, you know, certain experiences in your life and how did it all start? I mean, for me, it was a, an interesting journey. It first started in 2000 and around 2015. Mm -hmm. And that's when I, I really delved into the idea of being able to improve myself and to me that was such an interesting idea being able to in a sense level up my life and to become the best version of myself i used mm. to be a pretty lazy person uh, as uh, a university student i wasn't really happy with where i was in my life and so there were lots of different areas that I was wanting to improve upon. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the biggest areas was uh, dating, in fact. 
Mm. And uh, around 2016, that's when I read the book, a uh, very popular book by Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Oh, yeah. And after reading that book, it just opened my eyes to everything, how you can change and improve your life. And I guess for me, it's been a bit of a roller coaster of a journey because I was really wanting to improve my life. And in many ways I did, although during 2017 to 2019, even though I was getting better at many things, mm -hmm. I also learned as well that personal development and becoming better doesn't necessarily guarantee that it will make you happy. So mm -hmm. these days I, I definitely see the value in personal development. And I think it's also best balanced with having an overall holistically healthy way of viewing and approaching life. Yeah, I, I would agree this that just because you're improving yourself doesn't mean you're happy. Happiness come should come internally. It, it's a result of being satisfied with something you're doing. And yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more on that. Uh, this is my next question anyway. So what uh, is your take on happiness? What do you think is happiness? Love that question. And it's a very complicated question. What I think, and I can comment based upon my own personal experiences, this is what I think happiness really boils down to. For me, at least, happiness is the absence of striving for happiness. It's about being happy with where you are in life, being content in who you are and all the blessings and gifts that you have. And... It's also the lack of craving toward something else, whether that be an external circumstance, a certain achievement. It's being happy and fully content with who you are. Not to say that you should not strive to achieve great things. By all means, do that. But even if you don't get it, your self-worth isn't tied upon it as well. There's this idea, uh, a philosophical idea called Amor Fati. And uh, I think, if, if I recall correctly, it was, it was Nietzsche who, who spoke a lot about that, which translates to mm -hmm. the love of fate. The mm -hmm. idea that no matter what happens to you in your life, the ups and the downs, the inevitable struggles, pain and suffering that you'll experience, that's what gives life its sense of contrast. I think about what if I was happy all the time and everything always went my way and I was never sad. I can't help but think what a, what a boring life. You yeah, know? it did indeed. Yes. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's <laughs> the ups and downs of life, you know, the struggles, uh, the failures, that's where we grow from. Yeah. And it's really loving that and, accepting that so happiness is really complicated because lots of people especially within the niche of personal development lots of people believe that once you achieve a certain thing a certain outcome you will be validated in your self-worth and that will bring you happiness it can enhance your happiness but i don't think it's a substitute for happiness so i think really happiness is loving the present moment and loving and appreciating who you are and not 
having to strive toward a feeling of happiness. So that's that's what I think about happiness. I think uh, you've put it in a really good way when you said that happiness is a lack of being wanting to happy and being happy in the present moment. That's really wonderfully put out. But I would agree on this point that most of the happiness comes from disappointment. You know, not meeting your goals or not being, sorry, sorry unhappiness comes from disappointment. Not meeting your goals or uh, not meeting uh, your expectations. So I am someone who believes that goals are very important to ensure to give us a direction uh, as a navigation tool, like something like Google Maps or Apple Maps, a navigation tool. But being so, uh, um, you know, making it an identity of your self-worth or of your um, personal uh, is, I, I don't think that at any point of time, achieving your goals should become identity of yourself. You should just use them as a means to navigate your direction. So do you share a similar uh, logic with go- goals or do you have some a different reasoning towards goals? And what's your take on goals in general? Because that's the root cause that stems both happiness and unhappiness to many of us. Great question. I believe it's very important to have goals, but goals aren't absolutely everything as well. Completely what you what you mentioned with agree with what you mentioned with goals being a direction to head toward. I see goals kind of like a compass that points in mm-hmm. the direction that you should be heading in your life. But I don't believe that one should overly identify themselves with their goals. I mean, everyone's a bit different, but I'd probably expect that for most people, if you identify too much with your goal, you place too much of your self-worth based upon whether or not you achieve that goal. And that can be a source of uh, neuroticism and uh, a deterioration in in your mental health when you feel behind in life because Mm, you aren't where you want to be. But that's, that's the thing with goals though, you know, it's a direction to head, but not necessarily something that you, something that you need to achieve. And when we think about it, goals are very arbitrary. You know, someone might have a goal of, I want to make $1 million, right? Mm, Yes. It's a very nice and clean number. Mm. I challenge Uh, that idea and ask why 1 million specifically and it seems to be something that is relatively arbitrary for for most people and for instance if you get 900,000 that's already very good you know you're doing very well but to that person especially if you are a perfectionist you might think oh shoot I I'm 100,000 off off the mark and you feel sad you feel angry depressed or, or whatever and so I think for me, I like to think about goals more in terms of process-oriented goals. Yes. Which are yeah. Things that you have direct control over. So okay. a good process-oriented goal would be, well, thinking about it in in the sphere of content creation. Uh, you you and I, Anirudh, we can both relate to that uh, on YouTube. It's a very common goal for content creators to say. I want to be a huge content creator. I want to have a hundred thousand subscribers. Mm. And uh, 
I think it's a good goal, you know, shoot toward a hundred thousand. But when you think about it, you know, you don't have control over yeah. who subscribes. But a, a process-oriented goal would be, well, I can make each video as best I can. The next video being better than the last, at least in some way. I can post at least one video every single week. I can always think about how I can improve. So mm. that's very empowering. It gives you that sense of being able to to really control, uh, to place your actions within the sphere of control. And that's very empowering. So I think in terms of goals, I really like process-oriented goals. But you can have like, you know, really big goals, like 100,000 subscribers, like shoot for the moon. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing. But don't overly identify with it. And don't place your self-worth on whether or not you achieve a certain goal. Uh, I believe that's a big source of uh, neuroticism within people in today's world. Uh, I was actually thinking about uh, your example where he, he one person has a goal of making $1 million, but he ended up making only 900000 And despite of that, he's unhappy because he didn't achieve his goal. So I think it's fair to put it in this, put it in this way that goals once they become your identity they'll you know make you blind with other options that are there it'll, it'll close all options you have and you know it'll make you more rigid what do you say i love that and speaking and relating that to the topic of becoming the best version of yourself i believe that one prerequisite of that is to be able to think clearly and be transparent to your blind spots mm. that's the problem of someone with very rigid goals is that they are so myopic and so single-minded i'm not speaking about everyone but i'd mm -hmm. say mm -hmm. a general trend that you see mm. is that there's the over investment in one particular thing at the neglect of other areas in your life for instance someone who may have a big money goal might mm -hmm hustle and really really work work 70 80 hours per week and really really grind at the expense of their physical health emotional health uh, relationships you know they neglect spending time with their family their friends and everything goes downhill because they want to let's just say be a millionaire we'll use that example again and but at what cost you know because there are so many different areas in your life and that's the thing with every single thing in your life there is an opportunity cost time spent doing one thing is time not spent doing something else so it really comes down to what you prioritize and i'd argue that definitely it's very important to get your finances and your career in order very very important but i'd say for most people it's not the most important thing. And when we're talking about things like happiness, what's shown to make people happy, it's based upon the quality of our relationships with people, the quality of the relationships in our lives. So arguably, you know, once you have a certain amount of money, mm -hmm. probably more is not going to make you that much happier. If you've already got mm, uh, yeah. a really high income, an increase even more than that, 
doesn't make you necessarily more happy. So that's the thing about being too rigid in your goals. It keeps you blind and it means that you don't really consider other more important things in your life as well. So that's one potential uh, blind spot that people may have if they overly identify with their goals. Um, one thing is, uh, you know, this, this I totally agree with. After a certain point, money essentially cannot buy happiness. Money will buy happiness to some extent. But after a certain ballpoint, it's it's only accumulation of more wealth. Unless until you're happy in that kind of stuff. I don't think you're going to buy more happiness because of money. Money can give you comforts, which in turn will give you happiness. But yeah, after a certain point, it will reach to its saturation point. One of the things Absolutely. is... One of the things when it comes to improving yourself is introspection. You know, trying being open uh, to take feedback from yourself and identifying, okay, maybe this is the area I'm not very good at it. And uh, compounding on areas where you feel comfortable and good at. So are you an introspective person uh, yourself? And do you recommend people to, you know, take that time off once in a while to just think about their life and think about their character, and, you know, spend some alone time in their own com- in the com- with the company of their own thoughts? What's your take on Absolutely. I am myself a very, very big proponent of self-reflection and introspection. Uh, I really, really love doing that. And I, I, I'm a bit fanatical about writing and self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Over the years, I've probably written in the past maybe five years or so, maybe two to three million words, uh, just in Mm self-reflection. And I think it's something that people don't do enough. Think about it this way, just as an example. Obviously, it doesn't apply to everyone, but for an average person working, finishes work, comes home and is very drained, very tired. And Mm -hmm. the easiest thing to do perhaps is to turn on the TV, put on some Netflix uh, and whatever we can do to run away from our thoughts, especially with social media, how ubiquitous ubiquitous it is, Mm. how easy it is just to open up Instagram, open up Facebook and just scroll and just mindlessly be Mm. glued to your phone. Not to say that social media is bad, everything in moderation, I believe. But I think it's very important to look inward, to understand ourselves, because one of the ways that we are blind to ourselves and ways that we sabotage ourselves or live lives that aren't truly authentic and in true alignment about our inner deeper values is the lack of self-awareness about what's actually important to us. We'll use an example how people believe, especially in today's culture, uh, especially in in many Western cultures, there's the idea that happiness is meant to give, is provided based upon external circumstances, your job, how much money you have, your house, your car, material possessions, status, your friendship Mm. groups lots of external things and we I think are progressively moving toward 
as a society, especially uh, more so in certain countries than others, to value these things because we believe that it will make us happy. And we're mm. so oblivious, lots of us, to the cultural conditioning. We are born into certain cultures which value certain things. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's very... There's lots of benefits of being born into a certain culture and mm. following the the and following the the norms of those cultures. But we need to be aware about what's truly important to ourselves, because if we are living someone else's life, lives that aren't authentic to us, because we don't know about it, because we aren't self-aware about it, because we haven't introspected because mm. we haven't self-reflected about it we are in at risk of living inauthentic lives and living lives that aren't truly meaningful to us so i you can probably tell i'm a big proponent in yes self-awareness and really asking yourself these questions yeah ma'am i think people should actually what happens is even for me that that was the case for me as i said I was asking you, what's your motivation? For me, most of the things we do in, you know, just because we are supposed to react in a certain way, we end up reacting without knowing why do we, you know, react in a particular way or why do we like certain things and why do we don't like certain things? The answer to these questions will only come from introspection, you know, understanding and trying to become more friendly with our own selves. We act on, most of us are acting on impulses is what I think. Because we are leading busy lives and not taking out that 15 to 20 minutes. What do you think is the ideal time for introspection? How much time should one be spending if he's into a regular nine to five job? I have actually asked myself this question uh, in the recent couple of weeks. Because I was thinking, do I introspect too much? Do I re self-reflect too much? Mm -hmm. I, I spend a lot of time doing it. I think it's a balance. You know, you've got to... Think about it in terms of your own life, how okay. much time that mm -hmm. you have. And at the very least, though, I think at least 10 minutes a day, five, 10 minutes a day, just mm. sitting with yourself, uh, being with your own thoughts. And what I like to do is I love to journal at the end of each day. Yeah. I, I like to, to journal. You don't have to write too much. That's a really good place to start. You can write about well, the events throughout the day. Uh, I really love talking about how do I feel about this day? You know, hmm. what were my thoughts, feelings, emotions? What, how, how was the the progression of uh, my my thoughts and feelings throughout the day? And over time, self awareness is a habit and it's a skill that you you build up over time. At the start, you might find it a bit difficult, you know, a bit challenging. But over time, you you slowly improve. And um, so it really depends. I believe consistency is king. Whatever mm -hmm. you're able to do consistently on <coughs> a regular basis. Okay. So, for example, if five minutes works for you and uh, you have a very busy schedule and that's completely sustainable, maybe start off with five minutes. Ideally, though, I'd say for most people, just like an arbitrary number, maybe 15, 15 minutes yeah, a day. Yeah, I, I, I would go with 15 to 20. Most people. Yeah, yeah. Even I would yeah. go with 15 to 20. Yeah. 
I'd have to say if there was one habit that has completely changed my life in the past couple of years, and probably a habit that I will continue on for the rest of my life, I just refuse to drop it, is journaling, daily journaling, because there's so many benefits to it. Even even that would be the case with me as well. If this if, if I am recording this podcast today or making YouTube videos, I should be giving credit to journaling. It's only through journaling I understood myself more. And when it comes to journaling, I I do get asked a lot of questions about journaling because I've also made some videos about sorry some episodes in journaling, and I've also sp- spoke about journaling in Sophia's episode. one of the things i i do suggest to people who are just about to start with journaling is not to you know pressure yourself too much you now what i tell with them is if you are not making it every day let's say you are not uh, you thought of having a daily journal but you are not making it every day instead of getting into that coercive and self guilt what i recommend to them is it's okay because journaling should journal in, in particular is such a private space and it's an extremely personal space you don't share your journal notes with anyone right so my recommendations to most of them who ask me about journaling is not to be in a coercive relationship with it you know you know be in a more open relationship with it if, if daily journaling is not something that's working out for you there are other formats of journaling which can work for you like for example there is freestyle journaling where you pen down uh, notes when now you are free and there is gratitude journaling and there is you know a dream journal depending upon what you want to do do you think that people should have a healthy relationship with journal or do you think that they should be sticking to it and doing it every day that's a great question i have to say i'm not i'm not too sure i mean I think whatever works for you because everyone's very yeah. different yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think it's very hard to give a blanket generalization that applies to absolutely everyone. So perhaps what works well for you, I'd be inclined to say that consistency is mm-hmm. important. So if you can try, I mean I I I probably recommend mm-hmm. if you are completely new to journaling if you've never really journaled before commit to it commit to it for at least 30 days perhaps okay and after 30 days if you find that hey it's not something that's super valuable to me I don't feel like I need to do it every day then then fine that's okay uh but if you if you do find because after 30 days where you do it consistently you build up that skill of journaling as well in that it really is a skill of self-awareness and being able to really be honest with yourself and to understand yourself so perhaps you know if you do find it useful then you can continue on with mm. uh, the habits of journaling for uh, as long as you'd like um but everyone's pretty different so yeah i i i think a good place to start yeah. is uh try committing but if it doesn't work out then feel free to to drop it or or to to be a bit more open about the, it. yeah the the only thing i suggest that is because i want people to journal in spite of losing track and not journaling at all the uh, the best option is to journal whenever you feel like there is something you want to share and something you think you've learned uh, i am myself into freestyle journaling a lot i do journal a lot but most of it is free time i do want to get into daily journaling but it's really a time consuming process but but yeah uh, i think the essence of journal is to learn from your experiences 
and documentation is a better way uh, to store and preserve your uh, memories of your experiences so that you can eliminate uh, uh, repeating your mistakes okay um, one aspect when people talk about journaling is most of us even with introspection are you know all of us know that there is a darker side to ourselves uh, it can be a very small thing but thoughts and emotions for which we are not very proud of i think everybody is guilty of it the reason i think most people don't come into this line of journaling or introspection is that they don't want to acknowledge that they have these feelings what do you think is could be a solution for that and how do how can people deal with their darker aspects of of themselves that's a fantastic question i think it comes down to self love and self compassion i think a lots of lots of people perhaps you know people some people are from your audience people into personal development mm-hmm. we tend to identify with a certain image of ourselves typically it's the positive aspects of ourselves mm-hmm. so it's the parts of ourselves that are smart confident charming competent intelligent those are aspects of us not the darker sides no it's not the it's not the insecure part it's not the shy anxious part we tend to identify with the positive aspects and we tend to shove down those deeper darker and less desirable aspects of ourselves but i'd argue those aspects of yourself those imperfect parts of yourself are equally as valid and are equally a part of yourself as are the good parts of yourself. So I think it's coming to the realization that we are not perfect. No one is perfect. No human being is perfect. Anyone who tells you that they are perfect is either full of themselves or or a liar. Reading and uh, living in a, his own Alice in Wonderland, I guess. <laughs> living yeah. in his own dreamland, yeah. <laughs> and I'd argue as well, you know, it's the imperfections about us which make us human and beautiful the fact that we are imperfect if you think about uh, people that you tend to relate to it's generally people who are vulnerable who have uh, weaknesses who show some form of insecurity because we can relate to that and we can see that from within ourselves so i think it's the idea and understanding that even though we are not perfect you know we are good enough and we are deserving of our own self love and i believe that the fact that we are a human being mm-hmm. who's been born into this world is is reason enough to be valuable mm. we are valuable just because we are human despite any negative feelings that we get negative thoughts insecurities anxiety neuroticism the list goes on mm-hmm. you know those parts of ourselves we we should love that and mm. be compassionate towards ourselves and that's that's really why i love journaling as well because uh to me it's very therapeutic and it is it is end, it, it is indeed yes journaling is very yeah. yeah i mean after the end of a really uh long and and busy day maybe it's been a tough day being able to to journal and put your thoughts down on 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 paper is really really helpful 
But uh, but that's okay as well if you if you're going through a tough time or maybe you've had a tough day, realizing that hey, maybe it just means that you are a human being. Yeah, and that's fine as well. So having that sense of self love, self compassion to face those darker aspects of ourselves. My uh, you know approach for these kind of things is even for my own self is understanding that the basic <clears throat> belief that. sorry the basic feeling that you are not happy about them is an indication that you are on the right track that you are moving towards uh improvement or you are moving towards growth and one of the advantages of journaling is it really shows you how you have evolved as a person over time if we go back and start reading our previous pages it will tell you how we have evolved as person so do you do that do you think acknowledging uh, that i have an issue is the first step to growth and do you think journaling reading go back and reading pages is an indication that we we have improved i mean if you if you've been journaling for long enough sometimes it is remarkable looking yeah. back at some of your old journals and it's almost like hold on was that me who wrote that cuz you it seems like it's almost an unrecognizable form uh, a person that you used to be because you used to be so different and um that's that's another reason why i find journaling so beautiful it's it's something that's tangible evidence of your growth and evolution as a human being over time and what you say as well with thinking about how you've grown and uh things that you've things that you've done poorly or you've been wrong about mm-hmm. i i think that's a really important to- topic if we're talking about becoming the best versions of ourselves we need to be humble we need to admit that we make mistakes we are not perfect and we could and probably are wrong about many 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 things i can't even begin to 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 start talking about just how wrong i've been with so many different things in my life no matter how sure and how convinced i was at some points in my life like aha i'm i've got the truth this is the truth only for enough time to pass for me to grow as a human being to become smarter wiser to realize yeah i was completely wrong about that <laughs> being humble and realizing that hey we are not perfect we can always improve just yeah. about everything in our lives we can always become better and i think that's really a critical mindset to have realizing that we are not perfect we are fallible and we can always improve become smarter more intelligent and i think it's really important to be aware about our cognitive biases as well mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. idea that we think that we are very logical human beings and we are not swayed by by our emotions our biases but that's mm-hmm. anything but true uh and if you if you look into it just the psychology behind it it is fascinating yeah and um really fascinating mm. so being able to think clearly that part of that has to come from the ability to accept that we could be wrong about many things this this is something i totally agree that most of our decisions are emotion i mean do uh, 
our decisions we take keeping our emotional biases in mind so i don't think every decision we have is completely sir we take is completely rational and logical the psychology of behind decision making is that we get in sway of, of our emotions yes um okay uh, jeffrey despite of all of these things one of the things which hurdles our improvement personally even with an our own sense is confidence you know imposter syndrome is something that's so evident in people these days so how do you think that you can become more comfortable with the knowledge you have as little as it is you know be open and share and even for me when uh, we are doing uh, shooting youtube videos and making podcasts it was like maybe someone listening to this somewhere can think ha ah, this is not the ideal solution for this problem anyway but still we end up sharing it so what's your advice for people like me who think like ah oh, no uh, i don't know if this is the right thing but still want to go out and reach out to people and share what they feel what do you think is a solution for imposters i mean the idea of confidence is such a big question that people have seems like everyone's wanting to know mm. how can i be more assured about myself how can i be more more confident and imposter syndrome i it's a it's a it's a nuanced topic and it's something that i have definitely struggled with myself in the past and um i guess sharing a bit of a personal story about myself when uh, around 2000 16 2017 or mainly 2017 I I was really struggling with confidence and there's this idea in personal development that once you achieve certain things once you learn about the latest personal development hacks and tactics once mm-hmm. you read enough personal development books suddenly you are going to become a superhuman <laughs> who's always going to be super confident, super happy and you are a perfect human being because you you are into this personal development mm-hmm. material that other people don't know about. Mm. And not to bash on personal development. I mean, mm. there's so many benefits to personal development. Mm. But I think that when it comes to confidence, it does not necessarily make us confident. For instance, in the niche of personal development and social skills in general, you have people who give you tactics okay you want to be confident you got to you got to speak louder you got to project your voice you got to sit up with your your back straight you need to wear fashionable clothes you need to act in a certain way you need to truly believe and uh truly be confident in who you are and there's this idea called most people probably have heard of it fake it till you make it oh uh, yes <clears throat> If you don't yeah. feel confident fake it until you make, make it, it. Yeah. i believe it's not necessarily a bad thing in and of itself but and i think there's um uh, based upon some reading that i've done recently in in psychology faking it till you make it is not a sustainable way mm-hmm. to feel confident in your self-worth because there's always going to well perhaps there's going to be a annoying feeling at the back of your mind am i really genuine am i or am i just a con artist someone mm-hmm. who is just an an imposter 
how come I can have this veneer, this facade of supposed confidence, but deep down inside, why do I feel so much doubt within? And I think there's two versions of confidence. One is a supposed outwardly confidence, and the other is a much more secure, grounded, inward confidence. And from my experience, at least, the way to become truly grounded and truly confident in who you are is, is self-acceptance. Really accepting who you are. Accepting that, hey, I am a flawed human being. Sometimes mm -hmm. I say really stupid things. Sometimes I make a complete idiot out of myself. I'm a, I'm a complete fool. I am not perfect. But I have that sense of self-compassion about myself. So when it comes to true confidence, I think it's about really being comfortable with your flaws and who you are and realizing your self-worth as a person. And I think lots of people as well struggle with confidence when they compare themselves mm -hmm. to other people. And it's the idea that when you look at someone who is smarter, mm -hmm. uh, more handsome, prettier than you, uh, more intelligent than you and more charming than you, you feel a sense of inferiority because you don't feel as, as good as the other person. But I think true confidence is really being comfortable with who you are and realizing your worth. And I think it's something that only comes with really deep work on yourself, spiritual work, I think, on mm -hmm. yourself, mm -hmm. really becoming comfortable with uh, who you are as a person. And as a byproduct, you will just naturally become more confident. This is something uh, that I think you've talked very well uh, when you said that despite of my flaws, I am uh, myself, I have compassion for myself. That could be a good recipe for confidence if, uh, if someone is suffering from imposter syndrome. I think, yeah, uh, accepting, yeah, because, yeah, accepting his own flaws and, you know, that mindset, even if I'm wrong, it's okay. I think that's confidence rather than denying uh, uh, the chances of becoming wrong. Even if I'm wrong, it's okay. It's being that secure is confidence. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. So this is a very, I, I, <laughs> this is something which uh, the next question, the question I'm going to ask you now is something that I personally think about a lot of time. And that is, okay, we are working on personality development. We are working on improving ourselves. We are working to make ourselves better every day. But what do you think is the objective of all of this? After a certain point of time, as we've always, as we discussed with money, that after a certain point of time, it's saturation. There's nothing really going to, it's not going really going to uh, make you more happy. So what is the end point of all of this? Well, initially, yes, you will become more uh, comfortable with yourself. You'll become more organized. You'll become more secure. There are tons of benefits initially and even going ahead, you will keep improving yourself. You will always be better than tomorrow. But do you think there is a saturation for this as well? And do you think that there is an end point for this as well? So what do you think? I think if personal development is done right and mm -hmm. 
in a healthy way. I don't believe that it saturates or that you reach a level in which you have diminishing returns. I think mm-hmm. that personal development really is an endless process. It's the process of life itself. And okay. mm-hmm. as we go throughout our lives, we're constantly growing and developing who we are as people. And there's different facets to personal development as well. So you've got um, not just personal development, but also developing your your mental health, developing your emotional maturity, your, mm-hmm. your spiritual health, and uh, your physical health. There's many different aspects of it. And I think when we think about the end goal of personal development, it's to allow us to live our very best lives. Lives that are most authentic to us. Lives that give us the most sense of fulfillment, meaning, and purpose. And it, and hopefully, through personal development, it allows us to have better relationships with people. Uh, allows us to connect more genuinely with other people and with ourselves as well. So, it's really multifaceted, you know. It's not just about your ability to have the best morning routine and mm-hmm. squeeze into as much as possible as you can in, in just that one hour. It's not just mm-hmm. about taking cold showers or, mm-hmm. or challenging yourself in uh, doing Marcus Aurelius's morning routine or Elon Musk's mm-hmm. work routine. Or, I mean, there's definitely value to that, but there is so much more to personal development as well. And I think it's important to have a, a holistic view of personal development. There are so many different components and really it's the process of becoming the best versions of ourselves. And that occurs throughout an entire lifetime. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay, so you're, you're saying that there's no end to this process, it's constant evolution. And yeah, that's how we ended up being, even that's how human civilization has evolved. Yeah, I, I, I would go with that, yeah. So, I mean, uh, when you think about it in terms of one of the, the psychological needs that probably many people have, it's the, it's the need to grow. And it's the need to to be able to mold our lives in the direction that we want to grow. And uh, really, when it when it comes to thinking about the peak moments of our lives, the moments that bring us the most joy and happiness, it's usually when we're doing something, when we're in the state of flow, where we're challenging and pushing Mm. ourselves Mm -hmm. to the very limits of what's going to be challenging enough to feel empowered but not too challenging it's finding that sweet spot growing that's what really makes life uh, so Mm. beautiful and meaningful and Mm -hmm. enjoyable Mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah yes yes there's no doubt that yeah Okay, I want to ask, uh, uh, this is something I do, and uh, I don't know, uh, I, I, I thought of asking you anymore. 
obituaries is something reading obituaries is a very popular advice on the internet uh, especially even uh, books like share your work by austin freeman talk about reading obituaries steve jobs in his own famous stanford speech said that remembering that we are going to die at one point of time is the best way to decide what we want to be focusing our time on is this something you do do you read obituaries do you do you keep that in mind or what's your relation with this advice do you think it's a sound advice or you don't think about that aspect of life in it personally when it comes to obituaries i i haven't read many but mm-hmm. I constantly I'm always very not to sound morbid and I I don't think it is morbid as well but mm-hmm. it's a realistic and empowering way to think the realization that hey we are all going to die mm-hmm. and it's 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 kind of like this idea where just as an example just imagine just imagine you've got this terminal illness mm-hmm. and you know for sure that you are going to die in one year mm-hmm. that probably is going to give you that impetus that motivation to really milk and maximize every experience of life that you've got left you've only yeah. got 360 days left there's really no time to waste each day is precious yes but when we think about it all of us are afflicted with this terminal illness this condition yeah being alive <laughs> being a human being we all we all will mm. have a moment where you yeah. know we'll breathe our last breath so i think that's what really gives life its meaning as well just imagine living forever that would probably be terrible and yeah. boring yeah. you know it's the fact that we live mortal lives so it comes down to figuring out what's really important to us and prioritizing that and uh and it's death which puts everything into perspective and that allows us to go back into the present moment and think about what kind of life do i want to live and that allows us to really craft our lives in in a way that's most authentic so Some people think it's a bit morbid, you know, like the idea mm. that one day mm. you're going to die, but I think, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, you know, yeah. because that the finite nature of our our lives and existence that helps to give us more meaningful lives. Do you practice the concept of let, letting go, Jeffrey? This is something that's spoke that people speak a lot in meditation and spiritual practices. letting go our obsession with something like if uh, just focusing on the task we have in allowing mind to wander around but bringing it back so do you practice let go or this theory of let go appeal to you i mean there's very diverse ways many ways that you can let go but it's something i'm i'm very interested in this topic and in 2020 i was really fascinated with this idea of letting go and uh i used to be in a very very different place uh mainly in 2019 i was going through some uh problems with my my mental health and i, mm-hmm. I wasn't in the the best of places so 
in 2020, that's really when I really dived deep into the person who I was. I'm mm -hmm. not sure if you're, you're aware or if your audience is aware about shadow work. It's the idea of uncovering the unconscious and diving uh, into... It's essentially about diving into your unconscious mind okay. and throughout our lives we repress and suppress things like it's the darker aspects of ourselves which we we briefly touched on it before like the uglier and darker parts mm -hmm. of ourselves mm -hmm. that we want to run away from and not face so in 2020 i did a lot of work on myself i really reflected on lots of the things that i was ashamed about guilty about insecure about and I came to really love those aspects of myself and really to accept that and okay. understand that, hey, I'm not a perfect person. And also letting go with the attachment to so many of the obsessions that we tend to have in today's society. I mean, I was very attached to certain external circumstances, goal attainment, feeling mm -hmm. like I needed to reach certain goals so that I was good enough, so that I could feel good enough about myself. But what I've done is, and I, I think for the most part, I, I have let go. Uh, obviously, well, I think that with when it comes to letting go, there's always levels of it. I don't think perhaps it's truly possible to let go of everything because mm. uh, uh, whether we can truly be perfectly enlightened whether we can actually be perfect but at, at the moment i think that i am in a much happier place a okay. much more grounded place and the way i perceive my life is i am not in opposition and resistance to reality whatever happens whatever whatever happens to come my way i I really do believe now that with suffering, there mm -hmm. is a really enormous and beautiful upside to it through suffering. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'd have to agree with you on this. Yes. Uh, actually, uh, Andy from Headspace, uh, I, I, I think you're familiar with Headspace app. It's a meditation app. So Andy from Headspace puts this concept of let go in a very beautiful manner. He says that Assume yourself uh, as a person who is sitting on a bench uh, on, on a road, on a busy uh, road, and see uh, the traffic as your thoughts. The idea, we, sorry, the idea of what we want to do is just looking at the traffic. So he, he says that vehicles are personification of our thoughts, and we sometimes tend to focus on these vehicles. And forget the idea, which is to just sit there and observe traffic. This idea of, you know, letting things go has really helped me uh, become a better version of myself, accepting and coming to norms. Like, for example, uh, two days before I was playing a badminton match with my, some of my friends. And I really wanted to be indifferent with the score, uh, irrespective of whether I lose a point or gain a point. I just wanted to focus on the oppo opponent's team identify their weakness and play uh, on them. And some part of me was really concerned with score. I was 
i was happy when uh, you know they lost the point and i was sad when i lost the point but i essentially wanted to just focus on the game then after a certain point of time i came with to turns the of uh, of the fact that a part of my brain will be thinking about score no matter how hard i try so let that be a thing that's happening in the background and essentially let me just focus on the opponents uh, and identify their weakness and play to our strengths and it did help me i'm just quoting it as an example but in most of the cases it did help me to be in a better position personally so uh, i'm really glad jeffrey that you uh, you took out time to answer uh, my questions i i hope that i didn't trouble you with uh, them yeah. that were really great questions <laughs> um and uh you know thoughtful questions and i think that it's it's important for people to think about these bigger questions and you know when we're caught up with the busyness mm -hmm. of everyday life you know it doesn't it, it takes time and effort to think about these things but i believe that in order to really live a truly meaningful life these are the questions that we have to ask ourselves thank you thank you very much i i do think that these thinking on these lines will help a person to become more comfortable with his own mind and his own thoughts before uh, we take a leave uh, are there any book recommendations you want to give to the listeners or are there any five basic principles or not i'm just using five as a random number but anything you want uh, the listeners to be doing or following or trying to include in their daily life or something yeah i mean there's so many really great books i think a really really important read is is a book by Carol Dweck okay. and um and uh so the book is called Mindset the new psychology okay, of yeah. success and uh if you're into personal development probably you know about the idea of growth mindset and um to me it it really has just transformed my life the idea that you can always improve yourself the fixed mindset is the idea that our abilities talents and skill sets are fixed and we cannot improve whatever skills that we've got that's what we're born with but the growth mindset can be applied to so many different areas of your life and for me that has been just transformative the idea that hey i'm not so good now but i can always be better so great read uh pretty not too long as well and i found it uh an engaging read so i think many people in in your audience will enjoy that book uh carol <coughs> dweck phd mindset the new psychology of success okay uh jeffrey thank you thank you for taking your time i'll do drop his uh, youtube channel channels link in the description do follow as well there are really some insightful videos out there so yeah uh, that's all for this week guys this is the ssr anirudh signing off goodbye great anirudh thanks so much for having me on uh, it's been a pleasure and a blast thank you thank you jeff
बाय गाइस बाय